If you had to pick any episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents, what would, what would your topic be? A five. Yeah. Oh. It would be about high fives? You love high fives? How about pound? <laughs> Boom. You do it. Boom. Yeah. Guess who? We back. <laughs> You're welcome. That was really silly. <laughs> but we're so excited for another episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents. We really just want to thank you guys. There have you guys have been awesome. You are so loyal and just amazing and just supportive to us. And we want to thank you for that. And so now we shall talk about Married at First Sight, I yes. think. I mean, it's coming to the end of the season and it is really heating up. Right, Doug? Okay, so it's crunch time. That's what it's coming down to is crunch time. Yeah, it's the end and they're going to decide whether or not they want to stay married. But I mean, I can't help but bring up Kate and Luke because who? So like, this is like a huge news flash. So for anybody who hasn't been watching or who, hasn't, who isn't up to date, spoiler alert, I'm going to talk about um, the last week's episode, but there's a new episode coming out. Actually, it came out yesterday whenever the, when our podcast comes out. So spoiler alert, averted, because by now you should have seen that episode. <laughs> but um we find out that Kate and Luke have actually been having sex since the honeymoon. I mean, that is like ginormous news. I mean, I just think that's wild that Kate and Luke have been having sex this whole entire time. This is the guy that said he is feeling dead inside after he kisses his wife and he feels completely repulsed by her. Which is horrid comments. Yeah. I mean, it's really not okay that he says those things to her, but I'm like, it just changes things for me. Cause I'm like, wait a minute. This woman is having sex with him. Why, Kate? Why are you doing that? Why would you have sex with a guy over and over again after he's so mean? Well, because not everybody's like you. What do you, you know, mean? Like, like, not not everybody would see it as you know, just the way that your point of view is right now. What do you mean by that, Doug? Like she she's free to make her own decisions. Well, and, of course she is, but like. It. Um, yeah, I know, but it just hurts my heart for her that she's like giving herself away to a man who so clearly disrespects her that I just want to like shake him. No, I know, but when when you say why are you going back to him or why would you sleep with him, it's like that's you know maybe there was something else going on that that might be your reaction, but maybe it's not how Kate. Well, clearly, because you know for whatever reason, I mean, I think that she's just trying to make this marriage work, and that's exactly it. Yeah, I mean, and I don't blame her because I know that bef- and I don't like falter either because Doug you and I you know if I had a closed mind then I don't know that we would be together but also you were never mean to me and I was never mean to you right. I mean yeah. he's just been horrid to her so I just think feel like that is like a ginormous revelation in the married at first sight world like all along Kate and Luke have been sleeping together since honeymoons like wow yeah I I'm, just am shocked maybe they hid stuff I mean, they obviously did, but <laughs> let's talk about AJ. So, Doug, you didn't see this part, but it, so they're having their mini moons. We don't have cable right now, so I have to like sneak and watch this at like friends' houses and stuff. <laughs> but Doug didn't see this, so um, they're on their mini moons together. So, like, they're all together as a couple at a house, and AJ and Stephanie apparently think that they're doing this like mini moon or like second honeymoon thing all by themselves. And when AJ gets to the house full of all the people, so all the couples are together, they're playing cards at the table, having a good time. When AJ gets there, Doug, he like flips out. Like he was like, I thought we were going to be alone. And why are we with you guys? And he wasn't kidding. And then he just continued 
and continued and continued. And eventually Stephanie just went to bed. I'm sure she was like, I feel like that girl, I feel like she just like gets a little overwhelmed mm-hmm. and then she just like goes to bed, which is really the smartest thing to do. Like that's yeah. the safest way to, to, you know, not say anything silly or do anything silly on camera is just go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> but AJ stayed up, continued to drink and picked on Luke and just like made like, I mean, like kind of just like not funny jokes and, um, yeah, so that was an interesting event too. I'm curious what you guys, all you guys listening, I'm curious what you guys yeah. think of Stephanie and AJ because there's a lot of talk about Luke and Kate. But I feel I'm like AJ harps on things like when he has something that happens like that, for example, it's like he'll just harp on it and just continue to go and go and go instead of just getting over it, over with it. Yeah, I definitely agree. Well, yeah, but I'm curious what you guys think about all the other couples. Like, Doug, do you think... I mean, it's almost decision day. Do you think that any of these couples are like a genuinely good match? Yeah, I I mean, I think that we'll probably see two, two or three uh, successful marriages out of the season. Three, being optimistic. Okay, so make your guesses. Who do you think stays married? Uh, AJ and Stephanie. They do. I mean, they do balance each other out, and she is super patient with him. Yeah, and uh, actually, everyone except for Kate Luke and Luke. And Kate, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what I would pick. Honestly, that would be a, I think, a really good prediction. Today, we have a very special guest that is well versed in reality TV and has the inside scoop and takes it from a whole nother angle about. The reality world. Yeah, she literally she has a podcast. It's called Reality Life with Kate Casey. And she interviews all the top producers and directors. I mean, she has had some impressive names on her podcast. She literally gets the inside scoop on everything. I don't even know how she does it. But well, we're gonna find out. Yeah, I mean, we're bringing her on the podcast because I want I'm curious. I want someone's opinion who is willing to like have a real conversation with me and not just try to please me and tell right. me everything I want to hear. Like this girl, I mean, I've heard her podcast before. I'm not sure what she thought of Married at First Sight. I mean, she kind of almost thought it was funny that we genuinely believed in getting married, uh, <laughs> like as a strangers, which I get. But yeah. um, I appreciate her honest, you know, feedback. I guess like I, I appreciate that. So yeah, let's get her on the show, Doug. Yeah, can't wait. Hello. Hey, Kate. So happy you're on the show. We are so excited. Kate, you pretty much cover practically all reality shows on your podcast. And I know that when you had me on a couple weeks ago, you said, you know, we talked a little bit about the fact that I don't know who my father is. And then I've been, you know, searching for my father. And you said you have a bit of a similar background in in that scenario. Can you share with us a little bit about what your home life was like? I know a lot of people know you as like Kate Casey, the girl who reviews all the reality TV shows. So I think, I think it'd be interesting to get to know you as like, you know, Kate, like how you grew up and who you are. So I grew up in the uh, suburbs of Philadelphia and my parents were separated when I was born. So I was never around my father. I was raised by my mother and then she remarried. I didn't even know where my dad was. There were rumors that he lived nearby, but we never really saw him. I mean, I think he visited my sister maybe three times that I can remember. But my mom used to say, when he comes to the door, well, first she would say, he only wants custody of you or of your sister, not of you. Oh my goodness. And if he came to pick up my sister, my mom would say, close the curtains. Like, I don't want him to see you. So he would come pick my sister up and leave. 
So my mom, um, she also at one point said like, if you look like him, he would have thought you were his, but you don't look like him. So he'd never thought you were his child because they basically had a bad relationship. And then from what I understand, they were separated when I was born. So my sister looks like a Kardashian. Now you're looking at me. You can see I'm very fair. I have blonde hair and I have blue eyes. My sister has dark hair like my dad, brown eyes and darker skin. So as a kid, I was always ashamed that I had blonde hair and blue eyes because I thought, well, if I looked like my dad, he would have thought I was his child. So there was always a question of, is that guy really my dad? And my sister didn't make it any better because she's four years older than me. And she'd say, yeah, I'm not sure he's your dad either. So cut to, I'm like 32 years old. And my sister said, so I've been digging around. I think I found our dad. Our dad, as in the guy that she thought wasn't your dad? Or was she not sure either? Only recently, as she said, yeah, I think he might be your dad, but there's still like a question. I mean, I have to say two of my kids look like him, but then again, they look like my sister. Ah. Um, But I don't think we look anything alike. And my mom said so many things as a child, like he didn't want you. I went to boarding school. He went to visit my sister to try to get access to her. And the school apparently declined allowing him to visit her. He never came to see me. So that was another thing. My mom would say, see, he didn't come to see you. You know why? She would say he doesn't think you're his child. Did he know about you? Yeah, of course. Well, he did. But then, okay, so my sister finds him at 32 and we agree to meet. So I live in California by that time. I'm pregnant with my second child, newly pregnant, fly across the country. It was hilarious. We get in the car, my sister, we pull up to his apartment complex and he comes around the corner and he looked like a Unabomber. I was just like, I said, we don't really need to do this. I couldn't stop laughing. He looked like a lunatic. And so we... He gets in the car and well, I haven't seen him for 30, you know, 30 years and he was just so weird. And so he took me to the church that he goes to because he's now become a devout Catholic. I said, did you tell the priest that you didn't, that you abandoned your children? So he showed me in the prayer log. I writes our names down every week. But he had a girlfriend who said, I only knew about one of oh. you. So he didn't even tell anybody that I existed. And then he shows me pictures like his collection of pictures of, you know, the family. And there were pictures of my sister as a child. There were none of me. And he's so weird. It didn't occur to him that that's weird. So I tried to get the top of the straw to do a DNA test when we went out to lunch, but he kept that straw on and just drank from the glass. But so the long story short is my sister refuses to talk to him because she can't like, she's like, I don't want to deal with him. He's weird. But I actually get a kick out of him. And there's some things that I find to be very endearing about him. So I actually talk to him, not a lot, but once in a while on the phone. And the irony is I always say to him, you know, I'm the nice (laughs) one. So here you were stringing stringing yourself like us along the whole time. And you were into Megan. But I'm really like... Yeah, you're the one accepting him, even though he didn't seem to accept you. (laughs) Exactly. And the funny thing is he's obsessed with me and the fact that I have all these kids. So... My sister's like, if somebody's crazy, she's like, I'm, I have no interest in them. I find that one of my personality hiccups is that I attract crazy people and I find them to be very endearing. <laughs> so the, I, there's, so when I talk to him, I just get the biggest kick out of him and I'll let him go on and on and on and on. And I just don't seem to mind it. I, I like know. that too. The, he's not so bad anymore, but 
That's the irony. I'm like, uh, I was the great one the whole time. But when you went to Philadelphia, he took us to a family event. Oh my god! And they were all looking at us like, "Who are you?" They were his cousins, <laughs> but they didn't know about all us. All of a sudden, you guys were the crazy ones. Yeah, right. I was like, what? Oh, wow. So it's just funny to me. I've done ancestry and twenty three and me, but I have to get him to yeah. do it, and he won't do it. And I've asked him for a DNA test, and he finds it very Why? offensive. He said. What do you mean? Of course, I'm your father. I said, How, why? That's crazy that he says that to you because I, he hasn't, he, for so long, he denied you as his kid. Exactly. So I'm, I feel like at this point, it's just kind of funny. But I have to tell you, I, so my newest baby, she kind of looks like his baby picture. Interesting. Speaking of, speaking of your babies, and I find it funny that he thinks it's so fascinating that you have five kids. I kind of find it fascinating too. Maybe I'm on the crazy, crazy spectrum. Maybe I want to have, we want to have four. And I think when I say we, it's more of me than my husband, (laughs) but he's amazing and just, just on board. But is it manageable to have like five kids? Totally. And I find that most of the time it's the wife that wants all the kids. Very rarely do I hear a husband say, I really want more kids, but my wife... (laughs) Yeah, right. I I feel like I'm responsible for so many children in this world because I'm the one that eases the husband. Like, it's Mm. this is why it's going to work out. It'll be fine. Um, Will you ease my husband? Totally manageable. It's actually, I was just telling a couple yesterday, I walked past them on the street and they asked me about it, but (laughs) it actually gets easier the more kids you have because they all help each other out. Or at least, by the way, I'm, I'm not Mary Poppins. Like, I'm super strict. So, they all help each other out. We've got a really great assembly line. I never have to worry about playdates. Like you have one child, you stress out about did did Grace get enough um, stimulation? Did she have enough yeah. time? Is she? Yeah. We need we need to go to the park. We need to get a yep. cruise. We need to do that. You guys overthink that stuff all the time, and I don't even think about it because every day they wake up and have playdates. Yeah, that's also, cool. No one asks me to do anything because they assume I'm too busy, which is great. So that's awesome. A room mom. I'm never asked to be in charge of anything because they just assume I'm so busy. So that's why I'm back at my house watching reality TV shows. (laughs) So that's how you have all the time to watch these shows. Yeah. Yeah. So it all works out in the end. But as far as big families go, I always tell people, I always envision the Thanksgiving table in 18 years. So you're in the weeds right now. It's like when you're a waiter and you're in the weeds and you feel like you can't catch up. There are all these tables to get to and all these orders. It's the same with raising small children where you just like, I can't, like, I can't get on top of my day, but I promise you that the more children you add, the easier it gets. (laughs) Just envision that table in the future. Like you're going to have all those kids and their friends and their kids. And I can't wait for that. You know, will be big. Yeah. So a lot of people will say too, like, why do you want all these kids? But for me, it's really about building from the ground up. Like, I don't really, I live on the other side of the coast. I don't like have super close relationships with my parents. I have one sister. So for us, it's really building from the ground up because my husband only has one sibling. So our hope is then our kids will have big families and then, you know, just go. I'm telling you, it's really manageable to have a lot of kids. It don't p- push the brakes on that. It's re- it, it will, it will double multiply the love in your house. And it's really, it's really fun. I would say we'll, we'll see, we'll see how it comes after two and after three and yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the, the hardest adjustment for me was from one to two. Cause I just yeah. thought, wait, what? Like, how am I going to, but then, you got over it in like two weeks. And yeah. 
Is that that easy? Four four (laughs) or five, it was like, I didn't miss a beat. Piece of cake. I could see why, though, um, not to take off off topic, but I could see with um, your explanation about how um, you like weird and interesting conversations with your dad, why you'd be attracted to reality TV. Because it's very weird. (laughs) Totally. Well, I consider myself as like an anthropologist. Yeah. I'm dying to know, have you been watching Married at First Sight, the American version, this season? Yes, I have. I think that guy, Luke, is garbage. <laughs> well, yeah. my husband would agree. Yeah. I happen I think I'm gonna get like stones thrown at me for saying this because I, I know that what he's done to Kate is, is like absolutely awful. And I have and I'm certainly not defending him in any way, shape, or form. But part of me wonders what was his past like? Like, what kind of hurt soul is, does this guy have? Like, how does someone? Maybe you know the you're saying? Over, you're overthinking this. He has hurt people. Hurt people. No. He what? He has a dating business. He went on television to promote his business. That's a problem 100%. with all these shows that have been on for six, seven, eight seasons. People know how to play the system, and they use it to propel their career. The Bachelor is the same way. You guys are successful because it was the first season. That's why exactly right. Richard sisters are success were successful in terms of their uh, persona on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because it was the first season. Once you're on the show too much, people know how to play it. What about season five with Ashley and Anthony, or even season? I think it was season five as well for Shawnee's and Jeff D. Like they they're married, happy, have a baby, and then even season six, I think it was with um. Bobby and Danielle, which that's a little yeah. that's a little questionable because they are so new and they're they like basically had a baby after they said I do. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, I I think everybody has good intentions and yeah, there's always going to be the the celebrity part of it and getting on TV. Um, what's what what is different about Married at First Sight though is that the experts are also involved. Yes, you have a a limited group of guys, limited group of girls, but there is a lot that goes into selecting these individuals, and there's always going to be people that'll get through based on, you know, just you know, going through the motions or feeling like they'd be a good fit. But um but I I, I totally agree that you know for for first season it's gonna be the most genuine. We didn't have a template to work off of. Yeah, we, I'll give you that. We only saw the Dutch version of it and you know they have totally different customs and it was a brand new thought in the US for this type of experiment. We didn't even know it until the end that it was going to be a married at first sight. It was always a love experiment. So I think some of the people getting involved now, they, it's nice for them to see the success in the other episodes. But um, I think once they get into it and realize that they have to be married, it's almost like I feel like they, they go to an extreme to sabotage the relationship well, or no, something like that. I mean, that. let's back up though, because if it, because Kate, you're not the first person to say they are doing it to propel their career or whatever, but I can see someone doing that on The Bachelor where you're like buying to no one. Yeah, but when you get, for sure. But when you get married at first sight, it's like a mere illegal contract. But Peach, people on The Bachelor fit a certain archetype. They have to be between 23 and 28. Married at first sight people are people that are, don't, are aesthetically not all, you know, that's somebody that can a- apply to The Bachelor, right? And they're mm-hmm. also from cities where, Basically, the bachelor—it's like, oh, they're from Newport Beach, California. They're all from the—it's like pageants. You yeah. know, Miss Alabama is always going to be a finalist, and California is <laughs> a finalist. But is West Virginia not really? People on the, right. like these we'll live in a farm in Iowa. A married at first sight, like what season eight or something? They're people from Boston who are not necessarily people that want to be actors. 
but they are people that watch shows and they see that if they just appear on a show, they can get a big hit in their Instagram. That is like 90 day fiance. It's the same thing. It's people who want, who are lazy and they want to just be Instagram influencers and just post pictures. Yeah. That's the problem with that show now. I would say other shows. Yes. I would say married at first sight. I still think it's too new for it to have that appeal or that type of Instagram sensation because not everybody continues on with Married at First Sight. Like most of the people, they kind of just fizzle away just because yeah. it is new. I feel you like... Know, Bachelor, Bachelor 100%. Yes. I mean, it's an immediate 100,000, 200,000, 500,000 followers on, on the Instagram. And most of them, if you look up Bachelor, they'll have that. But I, I mean, some of, the, some of the reality shows that uh, I, I don't... I guess maybe it is that thought process. I don't know. Five years, it was totally different. I didn't even have an Instagram five years ago. It's totally different. And then every producer I've ever interviewed, I've asked the same question. How many of the cast members that you talk to want to pitch themselves for a spinoff? And they say every single one. Really? All those people that are trying out for Married at First Sight, they just want to bump in their social media. And they're also hoping that they can get some sort of spinoff. What's the biggest hit? Think about it. People are delusional. But like, yeah. I just, I mean, I guess I'm a little shocked by this. I'll tell you why. Because I, because I do, I, I interview them for Merit at First Sight Unfiltered and they don't really come off as someone like Luke, for example. I see what you're saying, how he has a business and he wants to promote it. But to me, he's doing a terrible job of promoting it by being his own self, which I mean, let's, I mean, who says I feel dead inside and repulsed? Attention is attention is attention, whether it's good or bad. There are people that make a living off of being the villain on television. Think of Omarosa. She, she has made a killing off of it. Do I think she's that horrible of a person in real life? Probably not. Really? This is very intriguing. There is something that you can get. You're going to stick out if you're a villain. If you mm-hmm. play the easy road, no, you're very forgettable. Interesting. Yeah, average Joe usually don't make it. People are lazy. They just want to be on TV and they want a big kick. I went to a, a mixer for 90 Day Fiance just like to meet the cast. And it, it was, uh, that was the moment where I was like, the show jumped the shark because all of the cast members were leaning so heavy into their fame. They mm-hmm. were so totally disinterested in talking about finding a true partner or a marriage or a commitment. They just wanted to have their pictures taken. They were doing Instagram stories. So well, it's tough to it's tough to generalize everyone as being lazy though. Cause I mean we weren't definitely I mean we weren't lazy. I don't think some of the people No, I'm are, saying the people that go on shows like eight seasons nine, ten, eleven, twelve. They want the success that you guys have, but you guys did the work. Right. But, but also they're there are people that are going to put in the work. I mean, it's tough to say that that there's going to be all the people that are looking for the fame, and the fame isn't guaranteed. You know, even yeah, after honestly, the fact. But yeah. there's it, it's um, and I see where you're coming from with the laziness, but I I do disagree with that because there's so much work that is involved with a show like this, and I'm not just defending Married at First Sight. I'm just saying the people are people take advantage of opportunities and this is an opportunity when they put themselves out there that's work in itself and then you go and you get on the shows and there's a process to have to go through and get casted onto a show i just don't necessarily agree with the the laziness part of it because it's an opportunity and people capitalize on opportunity but i can see what you're saying i i'm interviewing a guy on wednesday he's on temptation island Okay, so I get the, One of the best shows back in the day from the Wait. publicist. 
and it's you know he's he's the single guy and he has a relationship with this other girl well i go through his bio turns out he was on two other reality shows uh, that is the basic most people that are on reality shows now and trust me i'm interviewing people from all kinds of shows chances are they've already been on another show you know, I guess for me, I mean, okay, so true story. I was on The Bachelor first and I genuinely was looking for love. No joke. Like, I mean, of, I mean, of course the opportunity was great. I was like, what an adventure I could go on. But I would have been so happy to have like true love. And then it didn't work out for me and I was so embarrassed. And, <laughs> you know, and then I went on The Bachelor pad, kind of trying to right my wrongs and only made it worse, basically. <laughs> and I was like, done. And so then I get the call from quote unquote, the love experiment because they weren't calling married at first sight, married at first sight. They said it was something called the love experiment. And they said, you know, are you awkward and you need help dating? And I was like, yes, yes. And they said, are you in the tri-state mm-hmm. area? You know, do you want these? And I'm kind of summing it up. But really, they had a very intense conversation where they were like, there's going to be all these different experts and they're going to really analyze you. And I was like, wow, like this sounds like such a great opportunity where I could really genuinely fall in love. So I am that person. I was on, I was on two different shows before I got you know, before I met my husband, I'm married at first sight. So I think that I maybe, I mean, I can see what you're saying because I do see some people, you know, try to like promote like whatever, you know, product. And I'm right there too. Like I absolutely love finding great brands to share with my followers. But I think that the moral of the stories is that maybe not everybody is, you know, just like, I don't know, quote unquote. But the but there is a good number. But I believe, yeah, no, I see it because well, I, I do see it happening. But Luke, let's go back to Luke. I don't think it's going to work out for Luke. I, I I really don't. I don't think it's. I don't. He does not come off very likable. I'm trying to find it in my heart to find a reason why he is such a jerk to Kate. I can't seem to find a reason because other than I think hurt people hurt people. So he wasn't on the show to marry anybody anyway. So he's like, I'm. He's like, I'm over the show. He's already made up his mind. I'm done with this. And I yeah. guarantee you, he will appear on two more shows. X on the beach is his next move. Then X on the that, beach. Yeah, then he'll try out, then he'll be on some show on E. And when that doesn't work out, then he's going to go to the Food Network and do some like cooking challenge. (laughs) He would be so lucky to have these opportunities, I think. I guarantee you, he will probably be on four reality shows. And then he'll try to be on Celebrity Big Brother. What? Maybe. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know. He's not very likable, but maybe, you know what? (laughs) We'll come back. I don't think that he's, I don't think he deserves that, A. I think Kate, his wife, deserves like to be on any show she wants to be on. Plus she deserves a new husband. And like I said, I'm, I don't hate Luke. Like I, I feel I have, I almost feel bad for Luke because I feel like he is so hurt inside. Otherwise he couldn't possibly hurt someone like that. But I don't think he deserves anything other than, I mean, let's go back. So anyone who's listening, if you don't understand what's going on, what we're talking about. So Luke and Kate from this season of Married at First Sight, they have been, you know, they were married, obviously, as strangers. And they, what we thought was they were just having like a kissing relationship. And then after they kissed, Luke said he felt dead inside and was repulsed by Kate, which is horrendous. Who says that to a woman? But we off just found camera. out. He said it off camera. Yes, but. It wasn't even put on for the lights. But it, he's admitted to it. And we just found out on the most recent episode that they weren't only kissing. They were actually having sex since their honeymoon. And... Let's just switch gears here and talk about the fact that a like honestly, this changes things for me. It changes things a lot for me because I think, why would a woman I just wouldn't have sex with someone that and I love Kate, but I would not have sex with someone who felt quote unquote repulsed and dead inside after kissing me or maybe they already had had sex, and that's when yeah, but you're also on a show where you have experts that are like. This is Give the person we've done all the science, and we. Oh, but they're not saying that. 
that this person you, we think is the best match for you. So it's like, it's, she's been led to believe that this is the person that's the best match for her. That's their incentive to, has incentive to stay. Yes, that's true. But they're not at all defending Luke. Women are like, I'll make it work. I'll make it work. I'll make it work. I'll make it work. You know? Yeah, I could see where you're coming from with that. But I want to like put out a message out to women everywhere. I don't care who says someone's a good match for you. If you don't feel in your heart that this person's a good match for you, then don't go and try so hard because that's like, I think we all have been known to do that. And that's like the biggest disaster to like your own, <laughs> your own like self worth, like your own self dignity. Like, and I think, I hope that Kate realizes that. I mean, this is definitely not a direct, you know, I I, I don't, I don't, I just, I feel like there's such a lesson to be learned from this whole experience because now that it's known that they've been sleeping together, I mean, and even after he rejects her and rejects her and rejects her, she continues to sleep with him. This is a lesson for like women everywhere, even men everywhere. Like if you're rejected after one, two times, do not let that guy or that girl have any part well, you of don't you. know the situation though so, i mean it, and it's not going to be the same because they're they're married they have a marriage certificate that's oh that's my god the i don't care reason. doug if that was you and i yeah. hands down we'd be divorced and people would think i was just on the show for fame or no, I, if I, I wanted I, to grow my influence or something i get that but well different. i feel like she'll probably be on dancing with the stars and she'll probably get all these no she's opportunities a terrible dancer did you know that douglas it'll all work out <laughs> it'll all work out for her that's my next move dancing with the stars Okay, well, question for Kate. Would you sleep with someone if they had told you that they felt dead and repulsed inside after you know after you guys made out or whatever, even if it was your husband? Well, obviously no, but I'm also like I think I'm a, a pretty smart person. <laughs> I do think that there's a segment of people that would sign up for this because they're they're a little bit lost. Mm-hmm. So she probably oh, is part of that segment of people that are lost. And these producers have said to her, this, and we, you and I both know Pepper Schwartz. Pepper Schwartz is pretty convincing. She's a bright person. And she's like, I've been an expert for 30 years. I've written all these books. I've done the research and this is the best person for you. And Kate's like, I'm going to make it work. Also, I think that sometimes when you show, you want to please the producers. That's why on The Bachelor, have somebody like the the bachelor will will do these things where you're like that is so embarrassing they're they were chosen because they would they're agreeable they'll yeah. do things and and so you and i don't have that personality yeah. but most people that go on shows like that do well actually come to think of it to be most very honest when i signed up for married at first sight uh it was 100 percent because i was vulnerable and i needed i wanted the help from the experts i felt like i needed a mama bear like dr pepper schwartz to guide me. So I think you are onto something when, you know, this is someone who's like hurt, like not necessarily hurt, but lost when like Kate is yeah. probably very lost. Maybe Luke is clearly as well. I think they're both lost, but, <laughs> but in like, they're both listening to the experts. So that is, well, I mean, Kate is, I don't know about Luke, but in any case, and maybe he's just pursuing his career. I don't know. Uh, real fast though. I want to talk about <laughs> the bachelor real fast with Colton, because did you see like the fence jump and all that jazz? Yep. Who do you think is going to be that? First of all, by the way, if anybody can get like a ton of uh, other shows after this, it would be Colton, I think, because he's just gorgeous. Mm. Sorry, Doug, I love you. He's gorgeous. You don't think he's gorgeous? I'd sleep with him. No, I th- I find it I find it very odd that he wears pegged pants. He never wears socks with his shoes. His shirts never know. fit. They're like too tight. I find him. He has a, a stylist. 
his personality is so boring. I don't think he's in love with any of these girls. You also, don't? Oh, absolutely okay. not. What about Cassie? No, no, I don't think he's into any of them. In the he's moment. the most agreeable person. He'll just do whatever the producers say. How about the fact that when the he gate was the unlocked, fence, the fence was unlocked. You don't it's know that, Doug. Wait, wait. We're, have we all forgotten that Chris Harrison is in the van in the driveway? It, like, if that's supposed to be their fantasy suite, that's a good point. Why is actually, he in the driveway? that is just like gross. Wait a minute, I because you know what, Chris Harrison, because I was on The Bachelor. Interesting thought that Chris Harrison is there, and I didn't think of this before because Chris Harrison was never just like bopping around, uh, you know, whenever we were on dates and stuff. Like he he was only usually around. Maybe he was. I don't know. How, how the heck was Chris Harrison there? This is a good question. Like, was this set up? I have no idea. Because why was Chris Harrison there? There's no reason for him to be there. It wasn't like a rose ceremony or anything. Yeah, especially since it's supposed to seem like it's their fantasy suite where they might finally land the deal. Like, why is he parked in the van in the driveway? It's a very good question, come to think of it, actually. And it, you are making me wonder if maybe that was staged, although it comes off as so genuine. I mean, there's like real te- tears there. Okay, and here's another, Jamie, here's another example. Cassie just finished filming another reality show before she went on The Bachelor. No, what show was it? I did not know this. It was like Only You or something where they followed her throughout college. Her relationship with her boyfriend started at a freshman year and then they circled back senior year. So she had just filming, finished filming a couple weeks before. And was she with that boyfriend? No, with a different boyfriend. No, wait, wait. No, I want to know. Did she finish the? Did she finish like that? What, that first show with the boyfriend in college? Like, were they still together when they were fi- like filming? Like, how soon was she single before going on The Bachelor? No, it was like uh, okay. Well, we agree that maybe we're not a great match because no one is a great match in college. But the point is, she was on another reality show. Gotcha. And then you go to the hometown dates and you meet her sister, who's an actress who's dating a an actor. She had just been at the Vanity Fair party. Yeah, I, mean, I did see that. She famous. I mean, like, they're all the same person. Nobody here is like, well, I was a substitute teacher and I've been looking for love for, you know, 10 yeah. years. I'm to meet the one. No, they're all people. The two other finalists call themselves content creators, which I mean, is, what is that translated job? to an Instagram influencer. Well, it's that's not because the old days. All of this the all of the occupations on The Bachelor is just it's it's just that's that's my favorite part is just seeing somebody that's a, a soccer coach or but you know what seeing somebody that just uh, they're a, a trainer or they they're an explorer oh, things always, like that. they're trainers yeah yeah they're or, trainers or advisor consultant influencers. yeah <laughs> yes oh consult entrepreneur right. i love yeah, that one that one's yeah, yeah 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 like, what do well, you really even do? even for our season though um when nobody really knew what the show was um when they made the announcement that this was going to be a show called married at first sight when you know if you get selected or you choose to go forward your first time seeing this person would be at the end of the altar um i would say maybe 30 40 50 percent of the guys that I went to that final casting thing, got up and left because most of them were actors and most of them had agents that send them to all of these auditions. Really, Doug? Yeah. How do you know that? Because, because I, was, I was there. But, but what, <laughs> what I mean by that is that these, the, some of the people that are kind of struggling actors or like they're just getting sent sometimes on these auditions for reality shows. It's like Lady Gaga, uh, before while she was singing, she was on some punk sort of reality show, like even before all the Gaga right. part, you know, it's like, but 
Yeah. If you're aspiring, if you're an aspiring artist, they send you to a lot of these open auditions. Also, now if you're a model, what they do or model or actor in Hollywood, when you go to an audition, you have to, when you sign in, you have to put how many Instagram followers you have. So Lala from Vanderpump (laughs) Rules said the reason she did Vanderpump Rules was because she wanted a big hit in her Instagram so that she would have better numbers. So because a lot of these people are being cast based on their Instagram followers because it's built-in marketing for the project. Times have changed. Well, they don't let, uh, they don't let, after season one, which was our season, they don't let the cast have their own um, social media handles for the show. Mostly because I think that... Just kind of like what you said, it's built in marketing or it's bad marketing. And if people, you know, like past cast members, they would, you know, just like rant and rave about whatever. And it's, it's like not con. Yeah. They don't own their Twitter or Instagram initially, or at least the verified ones. They, they don't. Yeah. Because, you know, then, I mean, I don't know if that's. They didn't know. They, well, I mean, they, we, I don't think they expected how much of a hit it would be after our season. So a lot of the rules changed after yeah. season one. I mean, if you, I know that you know, because the last podcast I listened to of yours was when you were kind of talking about the Married at First Sight Australian version and how it's so different than America. So the truth of the matter it's is... It's like the best show I, out there, isn't it? I genuinely believe that... And you guys can disagree. I have no idea. But I genuinely believe that the experts are... Like pure, like I really do. I don't think that they they do not. I, I know this for a fact because I've had dinner with them and I've like ha- I've overheard their conversations where they're really bummed if a couple doesn't work out or they find out what's happening with Luke and like I know for sure Pastor Kale has not been quiet. None of them have been quiet about how wrong Luke has been. So whether you know, I just know that the our experts are genuine when they are trying to put matches together. They are seriously trying to help change the, the statistic of fifty fifty. And then when people just act how they act. You know, then it's all air. I mean, there's definitely editing. Don't get me wrong. Of course, it's a TV show, but like people, I mean, our show, I know firsthand that like whether there's editing involved or not, like it was, it was how we were. It was who we were. And I think it is, you know, like I don't think Luke is putting on a show. I think he, that's just who he is. But, um, the moral of the story like is, I, have a window. I feel like I have a window into your marriage right now. Yeah. Why? I feel like you're like my husband, like you're very optimistic and believe in people <laughs> and sunshine and rainbows and unicorns. Maybe. And Doug is like me where we're like, you really believe that shit? You <laughs> believe that part I don't know. Like, I guess I do believe it because... skeptical of people. Like, I feel like you really believe in people. I want to anyways. I mean, I genuinely do. And if I don't, then I try to... F- like if someone's mean to me, I get like I promise you. If someone's mean to me, the first thing I think is, "Wow, they must have had a really bad day," or "Ooh, like they must be really insecure." Like if someone says something mean to me about the way I look, I'm like, "Oh, they must be really insecure." I feel so bad for that person. Like I genuinely think that because I'm like, "Why would you say something mean to someone?" Like I have no reason to go around saying mean things to other people. Like that does nothing for my soul. So why would you do that? And I guess like so maybe you're no, on I'm, something like I'm that. I'm the well, I, I'm the teacher or the regular person that kind of got through the fold in the casting process because I, I've always yeah. had a real job and I wasn't on anything before this. Even, and I, you know, I mean, I was, I had gone out for other reality type competition shows like the, like Wipeout or Hero when it was on. But, um, but I just, it's, it's my 20 plus years in sales that I just feel like I have a good grasp on people and I could recognize um, yes, things. Yes, absolutely. Like, I yeah. could recognize fluff. I could recognize, yes. you know, when, yes, you yes. know. I feel like I'm the same way from my previous job too. Like I just can read people really well. So my husband will say, 
oh my gosh, uh, I met this person and tells me the conversation. I'm like, well, well, that's total bullshit. Like they totally, that's not what's going on. And I'm always right. And he always is like, well, okay, you were right. But <laughs> that's um, really funny. Yeah, I have like a very big, I have a high bullshit radar. Married at First Sight, the American version is definitely way more genuine and real and sincere than the Australian version. Like, don't you agree with that, though, For Kate? Sure. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because absolutely. if no one's seen the Australian version, based on what I've... I only have heard about it from you, actually, on your podcast, mm-hmm. Reality Life with Kate. And you were just talking about how there's like 14 couples or something like that, right? Oh, it's so good. Oh, tell, me, good. tell everybody what the Australian version is like, because I'm like, wait a minute, because I think they get, have a legally binding marriage as well. And who gets legally they, like who is no, not married? No. Oh, they don't. Law they have that they can't. No, they have oh. laws there. Yeah. See yeah. that? Cha- see, I feel like that changes things. I feel like our version maybe. of married at first sight is like a hundred percent true and genuine. I I don't know that maybe everybody. Of course, not everybody is. You know, <laughs> they're looking for love, but I think that the majority of our contestants are because who gets legally married for TV? Like. That's crazy. A lot of horrible people do. A lot of horrible people do. <laughs> Australia is great because it's like triple the number and they all have to live near each other. So instead of like married at first sight, I kind of think that's annoying how everybody lives in different places. In this one, it's like Melrose Place where they're all around each other and then they have to meet up for dinners weekly and <laughs> they're all interacting with each other. So it's ripe for the opportunity to have an affair and they all are really much more blunt than Americans. Americans will sort of withhold the way they feel because yeah. about how it, how it makes them look. Yeah. And Australians are like, yeah, um, he's horrible. I don't want to make out with him. He's disgusting. So oh they're much God. more upfront <laughs> and I appreciate that. Yeah. And then if one person wants to stay on the show, the other person can't leave. You can only leave if the other person you're with agrees to leave. So you're stuck if you don't like the person. So it's fantastic. It's so funny. It's so great. It's so great. I can see why it's so popular out in Australia. Other thing that they do in Australia that they don't do here is that they'll show you three or four episodes per week. What? And then so you watch it all in a three week period of time. So you're it's so people get much more interested into it. Like married at first sight's like one time a week. You watch it, you get fired up about it, you forget about it. Mm. Yeah, no, I hear you. And Australia, everybody is talking about it. And also, there are less channels in Australia. In America, there are like fifty, one hundred fifty channels. Mm. There are fewer shows, so people just get super invested into yeah. it. That's, That's so interesting. So uh, immediately after I heard your podcast, I was like, I have to watch this Australian version of Married at First Sight. <laughs> and so when we were chatting after the after you and I recorded when you had me as a guest on your podcast, and you were saying that you have links to this all on your private Facebook group, uh, Reality Life with Kate, right? Yeah. Did you look yet? So, oh my God, I'm going to send it to you. You'll die. Yeah, I, so I seriously want to watch all these. And I'm always looking... This is the other thing I wanted to ask you. Um, I am always looking for a good show to binge. Okay. And I, I don't personally like like reality that I don't want like this. The she drama. likes real murders. No, I mean, no, 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 no. I mean, I do, but like, <laughs> I don't like the reality where it's like, just like drama, like, you know, relationships breaking up and like cheating scandals and all that jazz. Like I mean, I've never really watched, like I'm assuming Van, I don't know Vanderpump rules is, I don't know what, I don't know what show to watch actually. This is why I'm asking you. Like, I genuinely believe that married at first sight gives something to your soul in the sense that, or like at least your marriage, in the sense that you can see a disaster happening on TV and you can realize for yourself in your own marriage, 
oh my God, I should never do that. Or, you know, like, okay, here's a couple of ones. I think that you're going to like Born This Way, which is yes. families that have kids in it that have Down syndrome. I, I have seen that. And I really do like that. Long lost family. Yes. Oh God. That is right up your alley. If there was a that show is. for you to watch, it's that one. That's okay. a good one. I have watched that and I do love that one. Instant Hotel on Netflix is set in Australia and it's a competition with people who have like a VBRO. Okay. So other people have to go stay at their homes and then they judge them. So oh. it's really funny. Just their comments are so funny. And then you like look at people the way they live and it's bizarre. I love um, this. So that's one too. You would like Yummy Mummies, which is about women in Australia who have little babies because they're bonkers. Okay. So you're not the first person to mention that. Someone actually reached out and said that we should watch that and then review it on our podcast. Remember, Doug? Someone no, I, emailed us. I think that was, oh, that was the one that where they were really, the really rich women. In Australia? With- yeah, I don't think they're really rich. I think they were trying it's a different to one. It's a different one that you're thinking of. Oh. Well, anyways, okay. I like all these tips so far. Doug would hate it. I know. That's why I wanted to review it. Oh, I know. That's exactly. (laughs) So if you had to rank um, your top three favorite reality shows, and I want to hear three other reality shows that you just feel are complete bullshit. Top three first. Well, it's always changing. So like, if I were to go to my classics, I believe the real world's first five seasons are fantastic. My favorite was San Francisco when they had Pedro Zamora. He was the first person to be out on television with AIDS. Wow. I thought that was a fantastic season. Um, he was the first person to be out. And President Clinton, when he died, actually did a press conference about it and said that he had done more for AIDS awareness than the government could have ever done. Mm-hmm. He yeah. died the day after the season finale aired. And wow. uh, so that was fantastic. Um, I love. Stuff. What else do I love? Um, oh my! Oh, there was this one show that's so funny to watch. You guys would both like it. You can find it on YouTube. It's called My Big Fat Obnoxious Fiance, and I so did see it aired that. like ten years ago. And they had a fake fiance, <laughs> and they had to, they had this girl convinced that if she the other guy could convince her family that they were actually engaged, she would get a cash payout. But what she didn't know was that he was trying, the guy was an actor trying to sabotage it. Yeah. And he pissed the family off so bad. It was so good. Oh, I do want to watch that. It was really funny. Okay. What's another one? You're having good recommendations. Um, I want to hear more. I think that people who love reality television also tend to like documentaries and true crime. Yeah. I love true crime. Kind of uh, genre, I highly recommend Wild Wild Country on Netflix. It is about it's a five part series about a cult in the eighties in Utah or in Oregon, mm-hmm. and they leave, they follow the Rajneeshi, and so they all wore monochromatic clothes, and they he was their guru. He looked like he was in ZZ Top, and they would mm-hmm. wear big necklaces with his face. And all I have to tell you is this: if you are listening to this and you're like, "What is that about?" The opening scene is a bunch of people rolling out a red carpet. One person is using a dust buster on it and another person is playing the flute next to it. And that is all you need to know. It is... And this man's not Jesus. <laughs> no, he had he owned 120 Rolls Royces. So it was the first time where somebody or a group really melded um, Western capitalism and Eastern mysticism. 
So there are educated people, Europeans and Americans, who would give all of their money to the Rajneeshi. And <laughs> they wanted to live in this utopian society, but it was like lots of orgies and drugs, and it was crazy. And they were in a fight with the people in Antelope, Oregon, who had the the local municipality. And since they wanted their own utopian society, they went head to head with the people in Antelope. And that is where things start to get crazy. But the woman who was like head of the Rajneeshis was this woman, Ma Anand Sheila. And she was sort of like a, a chief of staff gone rogue. And it's, it's, it's really good. Okay. So that's fantastic. <laughs> you should watch abducted in plain sight on Netflix which is about a woman who is in her 60s now. But in 1974, her, she was kidnapped by a family friend twice. And it's the story about uh, what happens to the family. And I can't tell you anymore because I just want you to watch it. It's called okay. Abducted in Plain Sight. And you will scream at your TV and you'll get fired up. And those are my favorite kinds of shows. And then the last Netflix one is a really good one. Is called The Keepers, and it is a must-see if you have children abducted in plain sight too. But The Keepers is about a true story about a nun that was murdered in Baltimore in 1969. Oh, yeah. We did. I did watch this There one. are former students that have come forward and have tried. They've been tireless in their pursuit to find out who killed her and in the process unravel a whole sex scandal involving the Archdiocese of Baltimore. And yeah, that was I have, fascinating. I have to note, I've interviewed the director of Wild Wild Country, the director and producers of Abducted in Plain Sight, and one of the former students, Gemma Hoskins, from The Keepers. So if you want to watch those and you want to dig into it a little bit more, I did interview them and we kind of go in, more in depth. Interesting. And uh, awesome. this week I'm interviewing the director of Leaving Neverland, which is that new HBO documentary about yes. Michael Jackson. Okay, wait a minute. I actually want to talk about that real fast because I started watching it last night. Uh, you watched you watch it, it without me? Yeah, I did. Sorry. Because I, I heard... never watch shows when you tell me not to watch them or if we're going to watch them together. Really? You watched it? I don't I didn't think you would care. <laughs> sorry. We all rewatch no, it's it. A, you know what? I think you should both watch it together. It is. Because I think first of all, watch it. First of all, I would... Never. Are we going to do a spoiler alert? Should we announce that? Yes, well, gonna... spoiler alert. I watched a little bit of it. I haven't Actually, watched. The whole he dies thing. at the end. I don't know if that's a spoiler. <laughs> oh, stop, Doug. <laughs> um, but no, um, I think like the biggest thing for me on that is that like who the heck would let their parent like that let their kids sleep in another person's room? Period of, of a grown man, like or a grown woman. Never, ever, ever. I don't care who the person is. I know, but you would be surprised how many people lose judgment, their sense of judgment when they're being groomed. And I think the second part will be very informative. Okay. You will see the process that happened, how Michael Jackson groomed these families. And that included grooming the mothers. So cultivating a relationship with the mother, telling the mothers... I'm so lonely. I have all these people around me that I just need someone to connect to. And I really value your friendship with the mother. Yeah, but like, why would mm-hmm. the kid have to be the one in the bed? Like, I would be like, what? Like, why do you want my kid no, in your it, bed then? It's giving But it's a slow drip. Confidence, yeah. It's a slow drip. So it's not like he just meets them and says, um, you know, can he sleep Come in my sleep bed? Over. It's, it's like, let go on trips with us. And like the one mother said, 
you know, it started off, we would go to a city and then we would have the room right next to them. And then, then we would have the doors open and they would go in between rooms. And then it became, our room was down the hall. And then it was like, we're just going to watch movies. But then he fell asleep. So he may as well stay in the room. And then next thing you know, we're four floors below him. So it's a slow drip. And that's why I think people really need to watch it because it makes you think about people in your orbit and yeah. who you let. And I have to say, I, our family has a no sleepover policy. There's no need for sleepover. There's yeah, no need. That's true. You don't actually. need to sleep over anywhere. You're fine here. So yeah. I do think like, these programs are really important for you to evaluate um, the relationships that you have and how you parent and the way you should protect the children that you have. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it's, it's like mind blowing because Michael Jackson is such an icon and clearly very, very talented, very creative. You know, the whole world like bowed at his feet you know, at a brief moment of time. And that's when he did captivate these little boys and made them his quote unquote friends. And yeah, I mean, if anybody out there listening, if you guys haven't seen this documentary, what is it? Finding Neverland? Leaving Neverland. Leaving Neverland. Yeah, leaving Neverland. Oh yeah, that is, you know, I don't watch an awful lot other than true crime and Married at First Sight in The Bachelor, but, uh, but that is definitely one to watch because it is mind blowing. And then after that, Watch the interview that Oprah did with the two. I cannot wait for that. See, that's what I heard. First, I heard about this documentary, Leaving Neverland. And then I heard that Oprah did, you know, did an interview. And I thought Oprah produced it. I thought she was in charge of it, but I guess not. No, I guess not either. Do you know? I would like to know, but I'm assuming no, because she said at the beginning of it, Dan, I finally, or no, she said, I watched your documentary and I realized what you did in four hours was more than I could do in the 217 episodes I ever did on my show about abuse of this kind. Wow. Wait a second. So how do we find Oprah's interview with... Um... It was actually right after. It was like an Oprah oh, okay. present on HBO. Oh, okay. And actually, right. it's on YouTube now. I saw it today that it's on YouTube. So if you don't have HBO and you're frustrated because you don't have HBO, don't worry about it. You can watch it on YouTube which is great. Everybody should have access to it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Kate, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us. We might have to have you on again to talk more like reality TV stuff because I mean, it's just fascinating. And also I feel like you get like the inside scoop because you talk to the producers and the directors and all these people. So yeah, we'll start having a reality TV dish. Yeah, for sure. It'll be fun. Well, uh, yeah. I want to know what you think about those shows. So will you let me know? Oh, I definitely will. Yeah. The first one I yeah. want to watch is the Wild Wild West because that seems like it just seems oh my God. like right up my alley. Mm-hmm. I love like true true stories where you can actually You're literally not- learn. Oh my god, I- I'm jumping out of my skin excited for you to tell me what you think. I cannot <laughs> wait to hear what you think. I'm definitely going to watch it. So I'll def- <laughs> I'll definitely let you know. And for everybody listening, if you guys want to follow Kate Casey, where can they find you? Okay, so go to listen to my podcast. It's called Reality Life with Kate Casey, and it's anywhere where you look for podcasts. It's on the Wondery Network, which is the same one, Dirty John and Dr. Death and all of those. And then you can find me on Twitter. I tweet during shows and about shows all week long. If you're looking for recommendations on Hulu, Netflix, whatever, Amazon Prime, I'm at Kate Casey. My Instagram is Kate Casey CA. Also, did you notice? Have you seen how I imitate celebrity pictures? I did, and I love it. Oh my god, you're so good at it. 
I'll take like Kim Kardashian. I'm going to do an Erica Jane this week, a Kim Kardashian's <laughs> outfit and do it like realistic. Like this is what it would really look like. Um, so Kate Casey CA. And then of course you could join the Facebook group for my podcast. It's reality life with Kate Casey. And then I've got a bunch of articles on loveandknuckles.com, my website, where I write about reality TV, but also like parenting. And preg- I wrote a pregnancy book, so you can check nice. it out there. Well, Kate, thank you so much for being on our podcast. I think everybody is at home listening right now so happy because A, they have great recommendations, but B, I feel like we got some great inspiration and insights especially in the reality TV world from you. So thank you so much for being on here. And if everybody at home, you guys want to follow Kate Casey, I definitely recommend listening to her podcast, which is Reality Life with Kate. Um, But also, like she said, she's Kate Casey on Twitter and Kate Casey CA on Instagram. Thank you, Kate. Thank you. That was an interesting conversation about reality TV. And who knew that it was so... Married at First Sight was so popular in... Australia. I didn't know that there was like a completely different version of Married at First Sight. I mean, there's like umpteen couples together and they all like live together or something like that. I feel like, said. yeah, I feel like Kate has a love hate relationship with reality TV. Yeah, I think so too. She's fed up with some, but she loves some and it's either one way or the other way. There's no gray area. Yeah, but like the funny thing to me is that she. I think she starts this podcast really loving reality TV, but you're right. I think that she kind of like hates people who go on reality TV. It's really funny, but um, I'm still, uh, I guess you can call me a blind optimist, but I don't think that everybody who goes on the bachelor or married at first sight just want to like grow an Instagram following and like push products or something. Well, I mean, in a sense, that's what she's kind of doing too, though. You know, like, starting her own podcast and doing these things to increase followers and increase viewers. And I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Kate, what about that? (laughs) (laughs) But it was, that was an enlightening. Yeah, it really was. I mean, I really appreciated her. I mean, she has, she has had really reputable people on her podcast. So she really knows she comes at it from an educated like angle. It's not just like, yeah. And we complain about not being able to do the podcast with, Henley in the room. She's got five kids. Yeah, like what kind of help does she have? I need to know like all her nannies and cleaning people because I have no one out here in LA. Yeah, where does podcast fit? Well, actually, she did say that all the kids help out and they kind of play with each other. So I guess that's... That just means we need to have more kids, Doug. Very true. So they can all help out and play with each other while we yeah. record our podcast. <laughs> but anyway, thank you guys so, so much for listening to another episode of Hot Marriage and Cool Parents. And please don't forget to go to wherever you listen to the podcast, leave a review. We'd love to give you a shout out on the next episode. Absolutely. We want to get to know you guys. And also next week, I'm going to do a Q&A because you know, my husband did it. You guys loved it. And then some people said, why, why aren't you doing it, Jamie? And I loved that because I was like, hey, Here I feel left out. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll do a Q&A for you guys next week. I'm so excited about it. Literally any topic you have, no topic is too sensitive or too hard. Like we're, right. we're open books, as you guys know. So we'll see you guys next week. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.